Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And as is our tradition, we are celebrating New Year's Eve with you. Our best friends we're celebrating New Year's Eve with because we have no friends here. Where are we? I don't know where we are. Somewhere in West Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Pretty godforsaken. And we have a lot to talk about with you. (laughs) It's been a crazy 2015 and a crazy trip to get out west. But we're glad to be here. Well, and so it far, is, so good. And it is indeed New Year's Eve, the day before she's ready. And, as always, we... <laughs> okay. Poor no, people. It isn't quite New Year. It isn't quite... <laughs> Hopefully broke, nobody can hear us. We they can't. everybody's eardrums. <laughs> okay, so we haven't had anything to drink yet, but... Well, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do this part well, much more. Here quiet. comes the champagne. Here comes the cork. Ooh, ah! I get a towel. Nice. Well, we hope that you can celebrate with us. Okay, so we'll be drinking this as the show goes along. As I recall, this did not have a good effect on last year's show, but you seem to enjoy it anyway. Hey, where else do you get to enjoy champagne on the air? Okay, so here we go. Cheers. Cheers to a great 2016. From our plastic champagne glasses. In the motorhome, of course. Of course. So I suppose we... Oh, we have to... Okay. You're going to have a hard time time regulating the sound. I'm going to have a hard time regulating you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the biggest problem. I haven't had any champagne. Okay, so... Okay. So about 1,100 miles into our trip from home. We're wondering why we left. It was much nicer at home than it is here. As we sit here in Lubbock, Texas, where there's 11 inches of snow, and it's going to be in the mid-20s tonight. The, pe- oh. the people here are in great distress. Apparently that big storm that has been oh. torturing the whole country uh, parked itself here a few days ago and dumped a foot of snow, and people here don't know quite what to do with a foot of snow. We heard on the TV news that they think they're missing 20,000 cattle area-wide oh, yes. buried under the buried snow. Buried under the snow. That's My. very sad. Yes. So our poor campground guy shoved around enough piles so mm-hmm. we have a little place to be. To be. Um, but we can't use the water or the sewer because everything is shut down, so we're just plugged in. And, and if we, we were at home on a night like this, we would know that when we see, we see snow piles melting by the side of the road, we would know that the roads had been salted. But we know that once you head south, <laughs> you cannot assume that these people know what they're doing with icy things. And, and it, we probably drove over black ice to get here. Yes, indeed. And we drove late today because we got a very late start from home. Um, so let's hear us complain and moan about our trip down here. Well, <laughs> we we knew kind of what we, we were in for because they've been talking about this El Nino well, stuff yeah, but, and how hard it yeah, was but, on the West Coast, which is where we're heading. We're south. Well, apparently, we're not south enough. Well, <clears> our <throat> advice is always to look at the weather down the road. And we did. But even then, we were surprised by what we encountered. <laughs> 
because. Well, we very carefully waited for the storm to go by where we live, and then we headed to St. Louis, and we'd heard that there were some floods, but it floods there every so often. We crossed the river. We drove through the city. On the expressway, um, I-55. I started to call the 40. first campground we wanted to Jeez. come to go to, and the lady said in a very distressed voice, uh, we're evacuating due to flooding. <laughs> Not where we want to go. And then I called the second campground. It was only half an hour away. A similar response, and I thought, oh my God, where are we going to go? What are we yeah. going to do? So we did find a place to stay in St. Louis, um, an exit down from where they closed I-54 so the, the, due to flooding. The bottom line is, is that we're driving down the road, and she calls half an hour ahead and finds uh, a campground, which we stop at, a KOA in St. Louis, and this turns out to be one one dry exit, oasis one yes well they were worried yeah. they were very worried that yeah. they were going to be flooded out too and they gave us a high side sort of campground uh, and they said well even if the water does come up to the lower parts of the campground it won't affect you and of course oh you're right. thinking right. <laughs> wait a minute i drove my multi-thousand dollar motorhome down here to get it in the water so we woke up in the morning and we found out that the expressway was closed in right both directions yeah. Yeah. So the road we had just driven over was, closed. was now closed. And 90 miles ahead of us was, was closed. now closed. So what do you do? Well, they advised us to get on the Missouri Department of Transportation website, which is generally a good idea. I think every state has one these days. But it had this red dot symbol for every flooded road closure. Which and the whole were, bottom two-thirds of the state was full of red dots. Right. It looked like the measles. But there was a detour, an approved detour, west that had two-lane detour. So we could go west and take this extended detour. So our intention was just to go a short distance and do the detour and then see how far we could get. And, and we also considered just staying where we were. We yeah. were high and dry and safe and warm. But we could hear from the news that the flood cresting was still 24 to 36 hours away. And who knew how high the waters would yeah, finally exactly. be. So we left. Drove down the road, and as we're driving down the road, they have those signs on the road talking about detours and water and stuff. And we get to near the water detour, and it says the road's open. The water had receded. Because the flood had moved farther toward the Mississippi right. River. So, so we it locked out. So the east half, the road that we had just driven over, was still flooded and big time flooded. And the western half turned out to be okay. Whew. And as you've seen in the news... But that uh, was that, three days after we were planning on leaving anyway. That area has gotten much worse much since worse, we yeah. went by. And, and yeah. if you live there or if you have an RV there, we're very, very sorry. Um, yeah. This uh, weather has really been crazy. And apparently it will continue to be. Because now we are in <laughs> southwestern Texas. And they have more snow there than we had at And home. we went through frozen fog today. yeah. yeah. Very cool, but kind of scary because it's 32 degrees and all and you, the trees are getting full of ice. And you can't see where you're going. And you, but the, it's got that really kind of magical look to it mm -hmm. where it's coated with frosted. ice. Frosted. And frosted. And you couldn't see 100 yards ahead of you. Jeez. So we drove through about 60 or 70 miles worth of that to get to Lubbock, which now has 11 inches of snow. 
which we didn't leave that much snow at home. No, no. So one of our listeners said, well, why the hell didn't you go to Florida? Good question. And you looked up the Florida forecast, and it's not all that good either. Well, the, the storm is going there, too, just a milder version of it, of course, down there. <sighs> so. so I'm glad that our next destination is Carlsbad Caverns, which is a cave, which is, as long as it's not flooded... Is a constant, but it might be snow, which is a constant oh, 60 degrees God. year round inside the cave. So we'll just hang out in the cave. What we do to travel, I'll <laughs> tell you. Of course, if we'd stayed home, it wasn't much better. No. But we are celebrating other things right now. This is our 10th anniversary. We are starting our second decade. Oh, my. On January 12th, 2006, we posted the first episode of the RV Navigator. And now, this being episode 129, we are now 10 years old. And we want to celebrate. Well, we want to celebrate. <laughs> so... <laughs> I hope you're not listening to this with headphones. <laughs> so we want to celebrate with you, our listeners. And we have some very special things to talk about. <laughs> well, she's not going to talk to you about them, but I will. We have made, at great expense, RV Navigator bumper stickers. Which I noticed that some other podcasters sell for $5 a pop from their website. You're kidding. For the, their own bumper stickers. They sell our... our no, they sell their own bumper stickers. Have some more champagne. That's what I said. They sell their own bumper stickers hmm. for $5 each. Okay. But we, because we haven't figured out how to monetize this podcast, are going to give them to you for free. We are going to get, well, we will give you one for free, but if you send us an email at rvnavigator at gmail.com. The first 100 the listeners. first 100 listeners will get in return in the mail. Send us your your name and address in the in the email and any other nice comments that you have. You don't want to send it as an email <laughs> Let them print out print the out bumper sticker. That would save us the So we have 100 bumper stickers to give out that say, we're following the RV Navigators, and then it has the website. So help us celebrate our 10th anniversary by sending us an email with your address where you want us to send the bumper sticker. Right. When we ever get near a post office that doesn't have snow all over it, we will send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and as a really special treat, if you would like it autographed, from either or both of us, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. We will be more than happy to sign them. This is a legitimate offer, and we will be um, We're not honoring it. Uh, even though we've had a little bit of champagne, we are still, still uh, We have this big box of, of uh, 100 bumper stickers that we'd like to get rid of. If you happen to see us, we'll be glad to give you one. With that said, we are also going to warn you about big prizes in a raffle next month bigger than a, a bumper sticker price. bigger than a bumper sticker price right so we want to warn you about this because we're going to have this raffle it's only going to be for you know you're going to have to send in an email and then we will pick an email at random for one of two big prizes because we know that some of you download this and listen later. to it later as we often do with podcasts we exactly. like exactly and we would hate for you to miss out on your chance to enter the big raffle because you we're so we're going to, to listen. We're going to be raffling off to a random listener, a Rand McNally seventy seven thirty GPS. Which we use ourselves and love. And we're going to be raffling off one week stay at the great outdoors in Florida. During a non winter time. During non winter time. A week of your choice. 
So very nice prizes, and I think people will really enjoy it. We're celebrating. That's our New Year's special for the RV Navigators. All of you out there. Now, of course, all of you many listeners who have already bought a campsite at the Great Outdoors <laughs> which is may, incredible. Not, may not be that excited about getting another. <laughs> but you could bring a friend. <laughs> another week free. You, you can have a friend. Yes. That would we, be nice. We are astonished by how many of you have followed us down there and found yeah, the place is. to be just as appealing as we have. Yes. And uh, by a less count, eight. And we wish that we could have a finder's fear. <laughs> well, no, we wish we could be down there with you because everybody's going to be down there They're going to be warm winter. and we're not. They're going to be, well, we're hoping to be warm. So we're hoping that next winter we'll go down there and find out that even more of you have become our neighbors and maybe we'll have a giant RV Navigator potluck or yeah, something. the Oak Cove potluck. Winter of 2017. 17. We will be there in 2017. So hold off any celebrations until we get there. Oh, maybe next New Year's Eve we could have... Ooh, that'd be cool to have a navigator party on New Year's Eve. Have people help us do right. this podcast? We could supply the champagne. And let Wait them, a minute, we're not rich. Bring let, your own champagne. Let them talk. Let them do the work. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't yeah, it? Would. Well, that's for the future. So, lots of things to think about. And you want to listen early in the month, next month, for the raffle information so that you can enter the rally and win super big prizes courtesy of your RV navigators. And someday we'll learn how to monetize this so we can make money instead of giving away. (laughs) Are we dumb or what? Other topics. We want to talk a little bit about dash cams. Do you have a dash cam? Do you want a dash cam? Should Ken get a dash cam? Not really. (laughs) Ken wants a dash cam. I know. Ken wants every electronic toy there is. Well, I think it would be cool in case just to track your trip and to be there in case you have a problem with uh, something in, in the front of the RV. Well, you said. But do I want one with two cameras on it or one? Why two? What are you photographing? It looks back. <laughs> it looks at you to see if you fell asleep. <laughs> I don't fall asleep. Not you, the driver. You you don't fall asleep either. I don't. Well, if you have an accident, that may be one well, of the to reasons. Me, I've liked. There were occasionally times when we knew we were going to be taking a beautiful drive. Yeah, you yeah. would put a camera in the window and you would record yes. it, and that could be fun. But, yes. But on a drive like today, I mean, driving... Today would be cool. ...through West Texas. Well, oh, but the fog and stuff, I think that would be very cool to boring. have that. Well, but this is not as a record of your trip, but as a safety precaution. In case there's a meteorite that falls down in front of you, so you, <laughs> so you have the picture. I mean, all these Russian cameras that uh, the drivers have had that have captured crazy accidents. So when the police pull you over, you can have... S- evidence that you were behaving yourself well not only that but they have gps and they do speed so you can prove that you weren't speeding mm-hmm. so do you have a dash cam let us know we'd like to uh, hear your opinions before i buy one and then you're going to need I don't one have in one the yet. car too i have to buy two no what a shame but you're going to want it in the do car do i want too? them both the same no it would take up too much room i have to move it no i have to have two uh this discussion will be continued later off mic <laughs> <laughs> Because much dis- remains to be sorted out. I also uh, recently purchased uh, the Apple battery for the iPhone. If you have an iPhone 6 or a 6S, the, the new one, Apple is making an integrated battery. 
My wife is jealous because she doesn't have one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And it's a case that comes with a battery built in. You can't. You don't really have access to it. Most of the time when you buy a spare battery for your phone, you have to charge it separately and you have to plug it into the phone separately. It's kind of dangling there somewhere. Right, and it's not part of the phone. So this is a case that has the battery integrated into it. So you just slip the phone into it. It has the plug at the bottom with an extension on it so that it looks and works in all the chargers that you have. And it charges the internal battery first, then it charges the spare battery, and then when it discharges, it discharges the spare battery first and then the internal battery. So that should you want to take the phone out of the battery case, you'll have as as charged a battery as you can have. From my limited experience with it, um, it was nice to have when I was using the iPhone to navigate, which uses up a fair amount of power right. as you're driving. So right. that would be nice to have if you do that. If you do that a lot. Well, all sorts of times, and I think this is Apple kind of admitting that their iPhone six battery is. Uh, fairly short-lived. So if you're looking at a battery case, oh, too bad Christmas is over, but if you're looking at a battery case... We'll have uh, a birthday sometimes. Our listeners will have a birthday. Oh, yeah, good idea. And then we want to talk for a minute about Xfinity Wi-Fi, something we found out that's pretty cool. Oh, no. So the Xfinity Wi-Fi. We are Xfinity subscribers at home, and Xfinity provides our internet as well as our cable TV. And... I've been working with Xfinity in their new app, and I found out something very cool. When they install Wi-Fi hotspots, either in people's houses or in businesses, they add a special guest feature, which is not uh, controllable by the owner of the hotspot. So Xfinity then allows anybody who is an Xfinity user to log on to the Xfinity hotspot. So this is a very cool feature because it allows Xfinity to roll out Wi-Fi on a huge scale because any place they put in a Wi-Fi router, they include the Wi-Fi guest access. Now, guest access does not mean that anybody can log on to it, but if you're an Xfinity customer and you have an, a name and a password, which all... Do you need an app for that? I can't remember. Right. Yeah. And we have an Xfinity app that uh, gives you access to it, which, of course, the app is free. But the really cool thing is is that there are so many Wi-Fi hotspots. All over the country. All over the, well, all over where there's Xfinity. But not, so, right. for example, after we completed our login process, I looked up some of the places we plan to go this winter. And in some cases, there were many Xfinity locations that looked like I could connect to them. Right. And other spots that didn't have any. So it just depends on who's servicing that area. And this is another very nice rollout of Wi-Fi, which could be very beneficial for us uh, folks on the road. Because we just went around to our local area, which is a big Xfinity area, and there were 25 places that you could log on in the mall and places like that, almost every store. They didn't know they had, they were giving you Wi-Fi access, but they are. And so you log on with your app, and voila, you have uh, instant access to, to Wi-Fi. And, of course, it's free, or shall I say it's included with your expenditure. We're, we're already paying for it. So we're looking at that as another option for us to get Wi-Fi while we're on the road, and I assume it'll be pretty good Wi-Fi as opposed to many campgrounds, which have been... Well, it depends. We stayed right. in one two nights ago where we were able to stream a movie because <laughs> no one was there but us. Um, <laughs> because they were about to be flooded out. <laughs> 
There will be no more Wi-Fi because it will be gone. No, we found out that the campground actually didn't get flooded. We should mention that. Yeah. That the KOA near Six Flags in, in St. Louis, Louis is going to be okay. And I have seen when I've done, you know, a search and you're looking for a Wi-Fi hotspot, I've seen Xfinity. But when you clicked on it, uh, it wouldn't let you on, and I didn't know what the deal was. And now I know that when I see Xfinity as a hotspot on my iPad or my computer or my phone, that all I have to do is run the app, and it lets me in. And even in our subdivision, there's Xfinity hotspots. I think that campground owners are very cognizant of the fact that this is something that campers demand. When we checked in tonight and the guy gave us the password for our uh, campground here, he was very apologetic about how poor the internet is, and he talked to us at length about all the money that he spent and the changes that he's tried to implement, and he still found the whole experience disappointing. And now that we've been here for a few hours, we would have to agree with him. But, but he's making an effort. Yes. And, and when I think back to how the internet availability was when we first started looking for it, uh, campgrounds are really coming along. And well, they I can realize see that, that it's there'll an be some day soon where we won't need to schlep it on our roof anymore. Uh, that's coming very quickly, I think, <laughs> especially with Xfinity, because we've seen it in campgrounds that uh, some neighboring business will have an Xfinity hotspot that they don't even know about, but it's open to the Xfinity users. So I'm not sure if this is available independently, but you might want to check with Xfinity. You might be able to buy an Xfinity pass for just Wi-Fi while you're on the road. Is it possible that people who have other Internet purveyors have similar yeah, well, opportunities? See, the real th- yes, I would think so, and I'm sure they do. But the real cool thing about this is, is that they're putting it in and they're not having to put in special hotspots just for customers. It's just all it's part, just of, the part of their When they do an install at a business or somebody's house, this is just part of the package and it's, and it's activated just as SOP. But other companies could be doing this, too. I would think so. But so what, maybe if you're not an Xfinity customer, you, you might know, check into who's giving and, you and your at-home internet. As I see. said, in our area, I was stunned at how many Xfinity hotspots there were just very close to us. Because you can look at them in the in the app, you can look at them on a map. And that saves you the data from your cell phone, which is kind of the other alternative. Well, yeah. For us at the And this is included, and it's free and it's fast. Right, right. So you don't have to use your cell phone. We also want to mention that uh, we, as you know, were in Africa fairly recently. And since we've returned from Africa, uh. Ken has very patiently <laughs> looked at every one of the 10,000 photographs, 12,000 photographs, and videos that oh, we took, I think I need some more champagne that we took together while we were in Africa and has 12, and has made a very nice slideshow out of the best how many 300 that has music and very nice professional looking effects I can say this because I didn't make it you did and it's available for you to see now on YouTube my first upload to YouTube 36 minutes worth of fantastic slideshow of uh, Africa so you can share our experiences with us and those who already know us and love us have given us rave reviews so we hope that you will enjoy looking at it too but we know that our listeners will be happy to give us real real reviews <laughs> i'm going to put the link of course on the show notes webpage. but if you type in my name ken wiseman into youtube i think you you'll can get, find it that way too although i was surprised at how many ken wiseman's there are but if you search down and Eventually see, see something Africa-looking. <laughs> I'm sorry about the quality, but I had to de- de- downgrade the quality dramatically. This was my first 
attempt at doing a 4K video. But you couldn't really show it 4K. And why not? Because nobody can watch it 4K and it's too big. Because <laughs> I don't have a 4K TV. It's too big. I'm getting a 4K TV for Christmas. <laughs> what, in 2017? <laughs> for the RV? I don't think so. There's not enough room in here. There's plenty of room. Nope. Right there, we just take that TV down. Nope. 4K not TV gonna, for the RV. Not going to happen. Let's clink on it. <laughs> you can't clink plastic glasses. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> So let's turn our attention to something less controversial. Um, One of our frequent correspondents, Robin, sent us another email with lots of... She talked to us last month. Lots of good bullet points on there. She tells you that you've made a mistake getting a macerator because you didn't like it at all. But this macerator is not a mechanical macerator. I, I have resisted buying a mechanical pump macerator, but it's too blessed cold outside for me to try this thing. So reviews will be coming next month. Uh, We can't talk about it yet. She also said that she is a fan of AGMs in response to your conversation about replacing our batteries. That she doesn't like having to check the water levels in the regular batteries. Yeah, but you can buy a lot of watering systems and do a lot of watering for twice the price. Yeah, well, that's we seem to be coming to a decision to buy a new set of batteries. Regular old batteries. Hopefully, in the next yeah, in the next couple weeks, we're going to buy another set of batteries, and we're going to go to Costco. Well, actually, I think Sam's. And then she asked a question, which I don't think we've ever talked about, which, as always, seems pretty obvious to you when you're the one who's doing it, how we managed to make a getaway um, in the middle of the cold of winter in terms of water. Well, in the whole RV. If I can get the water out of the house, I fill us up with water and... uh, Before we leave. Before we leave and make it ready to go so that we can use it on the first night in case we want to stay in a Walmart or someplace like that. We're we're ready to go. So we never, ever stop at a motel when we first leave. No. The only reason I would consider it is if there were no campgrounds, and we always, well, well, the places we go, we we know where we can stop and and camp. So we have the water in the rig right away, except for the year when it was four below. Right, when I couldn't turn the bib on in the house because it was frozen, I couldn't get any water out. And you often can't do a good job of flushing everything out well, so I always bring a gallon or two of drinking water because the stuff with the pink pink foamy is a little bit unpleasant tasting but that's for drinking and if you're doing the dishes or taking a shower pink foamy water is good enough well and it isn't pink foamy for very long it is foamy so even right now uh, we have a heated basement and i assume that most of our our viewers do have a heated basement but that's that's absolutely critical and our basement actually has a radiator from the furnace so that it is heated and our water bay is actually quite warm uh, when the furnace is on but This is a time when you want to be sure to use the furnace rather than using the heat pumps because the heat pumps won't heat the bay. If you're from the part of the country we're from. Right, right, right. If it's going to be freezing, then you want to be sure to use your furnace and turn on that that bay. And I think almost all motorhomes have an enclosed bay basement so that the pipes are all enclosed and will be heated but this would not be good advice for trailer people. Well, inexpensive trailers have their their hoses exterior outside. You know, they're just and hanging down there, freeze. and then they would definitely freeze. So, for us, this is not a problem. You know, we just put the water in, and away we go. I just fill it up, no matter what the temperature is. As long as I can get water pressure on the hose, I fill it up because I know that it's going to be heated. 
Yeah, my concern that first night when we leave the Chicago area <laughs> it's is much colder tonight. <laughs> is more, you know, you know whether the roads are clear enough if they've taken care of the snow and salted them and plowed them and all that. But mm-hmm. campgrounds often don't have themselves cleared out. Oh yeah, and I'm more worried about where we're going to park, right? Um, rather than the water itself. And as you said, a, a Walmart is yeah, right, and that's and that's right. We never, yeah, we we know we'll find some place because we have never stayed in a motel when we've had the RV. No. So that's just not counterproductive. Even, not even on our radar. We would just not consider that. So, Robin, maybe you want to think about this. Part of our planning for this trip, uh, we discovered a new app called InRoute. Yes. This works very well when you're deciding which day to leave home because you're not sure when the storms will have gone by and how stormy it is farther down the road. You put in your departure point, your goal of where you want to end up, and any places in between that you want to stop. And it calculates for you the route, the temperature every day, the wind, wind. every day, <clears throat> uh, precip every day. Right. And it really gives you a good idea you of cool what you're in for. It did not, however, warn us about the flooding in Missouri and that the roads would be closed. It doesn't well, have it doesn't tell, the doesn't, capacity to do that. Yeah, it doesn't tell you road conditions, but it does tell you what the weather is going to be on down the road. And we used it to decide that to leave on Tuesday rather than leaving on Sunday because we could see down the road what the weather was going to be, except for here. <laughs> I don't think we looked up here. Well, but we knew we were driving to. Yeah. Well, and things changed. And this is several days later, right? Things well, changed. and the weather really, I guess, wasn't good. Because what I've been doing before cold. is putting in major towns along the way and looking each one of them up individually and then thinking, okay, if I leave on Monday, I'll be there on Thursday. And it was kind of tedious. So this, this app just does it for you. And this app has several cool features in it. It tells you the road elevation, which I should have used today. Yeah. And it also tells you how many curves there are on the road so that you can see those mountain passes before you arrive. So it tells you some uh, actually quite some very nice features, uh, and it's probably worth having. It does have a fee, so you might want to consider that. Not one that. of the free ones. It, it's free, but there are in-app purchases. That you want. It's not well, very useful we want. without those. Another app that we were looking at is uh, a GPS app for the iPhone. And this is nice because although Google Maps and many other programs work very well, they use a lot of cellular data. So, And you have to be connected to the cell network in order for them to download their data, although the new Google Maps doesn't have to do that. But this is... Sygic, S-Y-G-I-C. GPS navigation for maps, traffic, and speed cameras. And this uh, uh, is nice because it works throughout the world so that if you're traveling someplace besides the United States, you can put the maps on your iPhone and or probably Android too, put them on your phone and take them with you. And it also shows you 3D landmarks, buildings, parks, and mountains so that you can kind of visualize where you are by landmarks rather than just looking at a map. That's cool, too. We have not tried this, but it sounds like a fun app to have. But next time we go overseas, rather than buying the $100 SIM card for your GPS, we might just take this in our phone instead. Oh, and here's another listener comment about our sewer solution. He apparently has one and has used it. 
And he says that he likes that it takes up less room in the basement of his motorhome and can pump uphill, sort of, is rugged and can grind up the waste. But the minuses are that it takes longer to drain the tank and it works well on fifth wheels and other RVs with outside connections. Can be difficult to attach in the confined space in a motorhome water compartment and doesn't like to stretch Mm. out in cool weather, which is why we haven't tried it out yet (laughs) at all. Because um, it might stay coiled up and not drain well. Because I'm sticking with the stinky sneaky right now. <sighs> and he says, I needed an extra hose connection to run the sewer solution and run our tank flush without having to disconnect each time I wanted to perform either task. Uh-huh. And it doesn't like to lie flat when a short connection is needed less than five feet. So he says, overall, I found the stinky slinky to be easier to hook up and drains faster Drain speed can be an issue at dump stations when several RVs are lined up and waiting. It makes you want to hurry, and this can lead to mistakes. In the end, we just carry both, just in case. But I I don't have to carry as much stinky slinky, so I can save space that way. Just remember, uh, for those of you who maybe missed the comments last month about this new water-based macerator. So you hook up a water hose to it, and you pull the black hose, and it uses water pressure to macerate the poop as it comes out. <laughs> Hopefully. And it, and it uses just... <laughs> Have some more champagne. <laughs> and so it uses water pressure to macerate, and the hose then is just a regular-sized garden hose, although it's a little bit heavier duty than that. So that's... Uh, we're hoping that's a nice option. It's much cheaper than the 350 or $400 for a macerator pump that has an electric and all that sort of stuff to hook it up and they have not had that good of a reputation. So while we're sitting here in in the piles of melting snow, we want to share some essential winter RV travel tips. Will we be stuck to the pavement tomorrow when we get out? Could be. I have to get out my hair dryer. Probably won't be able to get the... Thaw out the tires. Oh, boy. (laughs) (sighs) At least it's nice and warm in here. The Aqua Hot works good. Yeah, it's very cozy in here. If you hear the the fans in the background, don't worry about it. We We can't can't turn it off. It's too cold. Sorry, sorry. Temperature 27. So they are suggesting... that you service your furnace, LP, gas, and water heater ahead of time. Good idea. Ahead of the winter? Is that what they mean? No, this is for traveling. Or ahead of before you, when you... Make sure they're ready to go. Of course, we don't have any LP. Make sure your furnace is working good. Know your your RV's plumbing layout. This is exactly what we were just talking about. Is there anything that is exposed to the outside and could get cold? i.e. frozen. You need to know that and look under your RV to see what's down there and to see if there's any of the hoses or the, the pipes or the water pipes that are on the exterior. Any vulnerabilities. And of course that means uh, things that are on the outside wall that might get frozen if the... Or an inside a cabinet. Ins- inside a cabinet, all sorts of things. So you need to look at your plumbing and, and before you make the, the decision that I made to add water before we left home. Add a catalytic heater? We use electric, because most campgrounds we have, we want to use their electric. The catalytic, but, remember when we were on that Mexico trip when yeah, we were so cold, yeah, catalytic heaters yes, were nice to yes, have. Right. So it depends but where, it takes an where LP, you are and LP. what you're doing. But, but they give off a lot of heat. But definitely, I would bring along an electric, an, an additional heater, heater of some sort. So that you can use the campground's power to, to do the heat. Insulate drafty spots? Well, like around the slides and stuff, if you have drafty spots. Or... More more frequently, windows put that insulation oh, that stuff up over stuff, the window. If you, we have uh, 
dual pane windows, so the windows are fairly are tight. Good, yeah. So that's not a problem for Travel us. Travel with a hair dryer. They're not just for big hair. Right. They come in handy for unexpectedly frozen water hoses, satellite dishes, and even your jacks if they freeze to the pavement. Oh. Jacks. Oh. Do you have you have a hair dryer? Right? Of course, I have a hair dryer. Oh, I didn't even thought about that. Should I put our you jacks put them on? down, didn't you? Of course I did. Don't oh, let your water hose freeze. We might be here longer than we thought. Well, or buy one of those electric ones that has a water or yeah. heat jacket around it. Yeah. But we are not using our water. We haven't used, we haven't hooked up the water hose yet. Just to fill. Just to fill. And then we leave it, we put it away because we know that it's going to freeze and you don't want to have that happen. Choose sunny, wind-free parking spots. Well, that's real easy. <laughs> yeah, as if there are any around here. That's number seven. Open interior cabinets and drawers to keep circulating around the plumbing. So I do that in the bathroom, especially, and in the kitchen. Right, right. On exterior walls, you would definitely want to do that. Keep your water tank filled. Why? Well, more water to freeze, I guess. <laughs> if then that thing freezes up. Uh, if it's half full and it freezes, it has room to, to grow it. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know. Use the oven. By that, really? we don't mean use the oven to heat the rig, but oh. use it to prepare hot meals. And when you're done, turn it off, but leave the door open. Yeah, you never want to, to use it to heat the rig. To add the heat to your rig. that just brings in carbon monoxide. Be sure that you have a carbon monoxide sensor. <laughs> Being all electric, that's not really an issue for us. We have the microwave, which doesn't put out much heat, so that's no. not going to help us. Let's see. We're also going to put a link on the uh, show page that goes to a place that lists the best state park in every state. Uh, some, yeah, that's a cool idea. Some states, like ours, don't have very beautiful <laughs> state parks, many of which are closed due to budgetary constraints. <laughs> but other states, like where we are going, have, have lots of great ones that are rival in beauty and amenities some of the national parks. So exactly. That's a nice link to look at when you're planning your next trip. New website for airbnb type thing for campers they're going to have it's called tenter t-e-n-t-r-r and this is tenting campsites that you can rent that are completely uh, set up for you built on a wooden platform and it's ready to camp it's i would call it glamping think of tenter as a camp as camping's answer to airbnb except tenter sites are standardized once a camp keeper agrees to list his or her property on the network, Tenter constructs a wooden platform, an outhouse with a chemical toilet, and a camp box combination table bench storage unit that he designed himself. He designed himself and erects a canvas tent with an airbed. The company leaves the details up to camp keepers who generally pimp out the tent with cozy rugs and maybe a wood-burning stove. Campers need to bring just food and entertainment. It doesn't say anything about pots and pans. Uh, okay, maybe just bring food and entertainment. Well, I'm just trying to remember when we well, were if you're tent, thinking about camping, tent campers and all the stuff that we would schlep. I don't use Airbnb either, but it sounds like something that maybe some of our listeners would want to do. You know, we have been very excited about our residential fridge. It's worked very well. It has not depleted the batteries too often, especially as long as we have the solar. But Dometic has come out with a new super hybrid refrigerator. And this is a, it's a single door with a drawer on the bottom. And the drawer on the bottom can be used as either a freezer or as a refrigerator. And you can turn it, uh, switch it on and off that way. And it has um, the capability to 
run off of a compressor or off of propane, which is also cool. So that the first true drawer refrigerator designed specifically for recreational vehicles, the super hybrid refrigerator pairs two proven refrigeration technologies, the compressor and the absorption type, which is the propane. The fridge section uses energy-efficient absorption refrigerator technology suitable for, for even for dry camping, while the modular bottom drawer uses a variable compressor technology that can deep freeze refrigerator or be turned off at the, with the simple press of a button. Well, that's so, a cool idea. So this could be something that um, tailgaters could use, too? No, it's, no, it's huge. Oh, it's as big as a regular fridge? Yeah, see, the picture. Well, I don't know how big that is. Well, it's the, it's a nine cubic foot. It's big. Uh-huh. It's just the refrigerator and then the freezer on the bottom. So this is kind of a hybrid. It would replace what we used to have. Or what you do have, if you wanted to have that, if you needed that kind of a refrigerator. She's looking puzzled, ladies and gentlemen, and she probably needs more champagne. <laughs> After that, she will understand completely. So why would I want this instead of what I have? Because it does a better job of freezing. You know, one of the problems with absorption refrigerators is they don't do such a hot job of freezing. And the freezer is small. Our old one did. Eh, but it was have, small, but... It, but people have problems with that. So this has got the bottom drawer, well, like never, our freezer. See, it's, kept, it's this size. We never kept ice cream in and it. That I don't keeps, know how well. And that keeps it really nice and cold. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is about it for this episode of the RV Navigator. New Year's Eve is literally a short time away. Well, this is New Year's Eve. Yeah. But the actual hour, bewitching hour, is Depending on what time zone you're living in, some of our listeners have already celebrated today. Oh, and they didn't email us? (laughs) Well, so we want to remind you that if you would like to be one of the first, well, the only 100 to get an RV Navigator bumper sticker... Sent in the you. mail, sent, to, sent you. to you in the mail. You need to send us an email at rvnavigator at gmail dot com, and we will, by return postage, we will send you a bumper sticker when we get around to doing that. Sometime and in the next if month. we see you and you want one. We'll just hand it to you. Right. And we'll sign it on the spot. <laughs> and then you want to stay tuned at the beginning of next month. That's February. And you want to listen for the instructions on how to enter the raffle if you are interested in either of the two items that we will be raffling. Which are? A GPS unit. From Rand From McNally. And a one-week stay at? Our campsite in at the Great Outdoors in Titusville, Florida. Yes. During a non-prime time part of the year. The rest of 16. Right. After March. After March. Okay, so that takes care of episode 129, the beginning of the second decade. Oh, we need to have a kiss here. Uh, a New Year's kiss. <laughs> That's something I don't get that often. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to turn it over to the next year, and we will see you next month. And... Because we'll be on the road for the entire month, we just might... Well, we are going to be seeing some of our listeners this next month because we've already made arrangements. And hopefully we'll be in a warmer spot (laughs) than we are tonight. Yeah, we have hardly been outside the RV for the last three days. It's been terrible. I've been wearing my same warm top the whole time. So So, thanks for celebrating the New Year's Eve with us. Yes, we appreciate it, and we hope that we'll continue for many more years. Bye for now. Bye now. Bye now.